I want us to join in prayer at this moment. Amen. As we have exited worshiping the Lord, I want us in concert and in unity to begin to go before the throne of grace and petition God. Amen. That he would descend in our gathering, that he would descend uh, in this meeting, that we would meet with the living God. Amen. Uh, we, we, we're meeting with the living God. We're not meeting with a dead God. We're meeting with a God that can meet you in your situation and meet you in a crisis that can meet you wherever you're at. Amen. He's not bound uh, by time. He's not restricted by human limitations. Um, he, he is uh, far greater than uh, anything, any resource that this world can provide and can offer. Amen. Hallelujah. So let us pray. Father God, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. <clears throat> we thank you. We praise you that you're alive and that you're seated upon the throne, that you are not dead, that you're an ever-present help in trouble. We thank you, Father, that when we call unto you, we call unto your name, that you answer and that you secure us in our time of need that you are our aid. Your word says, Father, that you're an ever-present help in trouble, that those who look to you are not put to shame, that those whose faces look to you are radiant. So, God, we ask in Jesus' name that you would show off, Father, that you would demonstrate your power, that you would demonstrate your glory, that you would descend with anointing and with unction, Father, we pray that you would bring every single individual, every child of yours, out of every tribulation, Father, bring them through every storm, bring them through the fire, bring them through, God. We ask that you would preserve them. God, You, we ask that you would preserve us, O Lord, from every lion's attack. Deliver us, Father, from the lion's mouth. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you. We thank you in advance, Father, that you answer prayer. We thank you in advance, Lord. We don't have to see the results already. We know, God, that you answer prayer. <coughs> Hallelujah. Bring us out of every financial problem, every relational problem, every uh, downfall that the enemy has set for us, God. We pray that you would dismantle his schemes, that you demolish, Lord, his every wile, that you demolish, O oh God, every weapon that he has fashioned against us, Lord. In the mighty and the matchless name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Lord, come with fire. Come, O oh Lord, with your power. Come, O oh Lord, and disintegrate and burn up, God, all the dross in our lives that the gold may remain. We know that, Lord Jesus, you are the gold. Father, burn up the dross. Father, even if it has to be a refinement that is seven times over, Lord, may we come forth, as Job said, as pure gold. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you already that I sense your unction. I sense your anointing. I sense your glory. I sense your power. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Praise be to the name of the Lord. May the house of God say, praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
All right, now I just want you to begin to pray. Say, God, bring me through. <clears throat> bring me through every tribulation. Bring me through, Lord, that I would not faint in the wilderness, that I would not die of thirst in the wilderness, God, that you would cause for water to gush forth even from the rock in the wilderness, O Lord, in Jesus' name, that I would not be kept down, that I would not be dejected, I would not become depressed, I will not become immobilized. I will not become disabled by the devil, by his discouragement, by his lies, by his deceit. But I will rise up with the power of the Lord and with a new song in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Speak to your people this day, O oh God. Speak to your people, that they may know that there's a God in heaven who still speaks unto his holy church, <coughs> unto his house, the household of faith, the buttress of truth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Confound the enemy, O Lord. Confound the enemy. Thank you, Jesus. Carry us on eagles' wings. Father, I pray for the words to speak unto your people. Hallelujah. That they may look past this earthen vessel. And as Paul says, that uh, we carry about in our body uh, the, 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 the dying of the Lord Jesus. We carry about in these earthen vessels the treasures of the Lord Jesus. That the surpassing worth and value may not be seen of us but unto him who raises the dead. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. <coughs> amen and amen. Amen. And the people of God say amen. Praise the Lord. <coughs> I trust that that prayer charge uh, ministered to your spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. You know, when we deal with spiritual things, we're not we we we're not playing. Amen. When when I uh when I come here to speak in the name of the Lord, I, I don't play games and 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 I, I say that because that is of, of benefit to you. <clears throat> I show utter disdain and hatred for theatrics in the name of the Lord. I, I, I'm not here to hype people up, amen? And and we have to understand that as the people of God, there is an immense distinction between hyping you up and between the anointing, amen? And it's the emotional people that are sensual and are hype-driven that will actually discredit the anointing. And when the anointing shows up, they're the people most quiet. You can get them in a culturally uh, a, a church that fits their cultural needs and you get the organ and you get the right preacher and they'll be the first one shouting. They they won't shut up. They will keep, oh, yes, loud. Go ahead now. That's all right. That's how they are. But when the anointing comes, they're the first ones that remain quiet. Amen. But those who are driven by the anointing, when hype comes, they're the first ones to leave. They don't want to stay. 
They want God. They want the anointing. They want the presence of the Lord. Amen. And it doesn't matter the cultural expression. It doesn't matter if, if, if it's a white man, if it's a black man, if it's a Hispanic man. It, it doesn't matter. Because, you know, I, I've, I've been in some churches where I didn't like the old-fashioned songs they sang. But when the anointing came, I, I bypassed all of that. Amen? And and see, if you are not anointing-focused, and, and I, I don't know why exactly who it's hitting for, but I, I know that God is speaking to someone here. You need to hear this. You need to move past your prejudice. And I'm not saying particularly race. I'm saying it doesn't suit your cultural expression. And so you won't receive because it don't, uh, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't match what you, what you want to see. It's not the container you want to see. Amen. Amen. So, so it, to me, it doesn't matter whether it's from a female or whether it's a male, whether he's black, whether he's Mexican, whether he's white, whether he's Asian. See, either we're men and women of the spirit and spirit don't have race. Spirit don't have cultural expression. Amen. Amen. So, 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 you know, because, I, you know, no single race, no single culture is a gatekeeper on the anointing. Amen. There's no single uh, uh tr there's no single culture <coughs> that is the gatekeeper to the things of God. <coughs> and and you know if you're not careful you you'd be like oh well we didn't do church that way. We we, we you know I, I don't like the way he sounds. I don't like how this that and the other. See either you know what I've learned about you know what I've learned is desperate people aren't picky people. And 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 if there's anything that robs the people of God of the blessings of God, it's a spirit of apathy. It, it and because apathy leads you to then become very picky and choosy about oh you know I I just want I want a sermon dashed with a little bit of salt here and, and with a little bit of salsa here you know you know or a little bit of tapatio here or, or you know what I mean or whatever else that you guys put on the side I I want the I want it sermon baked. Right? I want a Betty Crocker sermon. <laughs> Amen. Slap your neighbor. Amen. <laughs> right? You know, some of them in those churches, they got to say, not slap your neighbor, slap yourself. Right? Slap yourself. <laughs> but amen <clears throat> we we gotta um you know i i i messaged uh you know on this uh, channel on instagram and and i asked the pastor i said why does it look like you're in a wwe cage you guys ever see wrestling i said you know what what is this wwf you know, just think about it. You know, I don't know how much money that costs, but the money that goes, the God's money that goes to waste on WWF cages for a so-called illustration in a sermon. I don't know if people are scratching their heads and wondering where did the money come for that cage. Oh, it came from your guys' pockets. 
for him to display an illustration because there's a lack of demonstration of the Spirit's power. Amen. And I know people get offended with this stuff, but I really don't care because they haven't commissioned me to do this. The Lord Jesus Christ commissioned me into this office, and therefore I will speak in his name. And I want the people of God not to be famished of the word of God. I don't want them to be famished of the Lord's blessing, of the Lord's bread, of the Lord's manna. Amen. And so we got to keep hyping people and, and, and entertaining people. We got to become master orators and entertainers in order to keep people into the church because they can't sit two minutes in his presence. Amen. 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 I want to cultivate a people that are sensitive to his presence that know his presence, so that if a sorcerer comes and starts speaking feel-goods, you already know that he's speaking from a spirit of manipulation and not the Holy Ghost. Amen. And, and, and if you think that they have to cast a spell in order for it to be witchcraft, that's false. You know what they do? They tap into your soul and they harp on the, on the soul and, and they speak feel goods. And then they get you swayed by the little carrot so that you follow wherever they want you to go. But you know what? I, if it ain't in this book and if it ain't energized by the spirit of God, <coughs> the spirit of God, I don't want it. I don't want anything to do with it because there are so many good ideas. And just like my cousin, Prophet James, spoke last uh, uh, Saturday, God in the garden didn't even want you to know good and evil. He wanted you to know God. And, and you got a lot of moralizers, a lot of politicians, and I'm not against politics, right? But we're kingdom before politics. But 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 you have people that say good things, Right? But they're not the God thing. They lead you to good, but they don't lead you to God. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need one to, for one to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You have need of milk and not of strong meat, for milk belongs to them that are not full of age, uh, but it says meat belongs to them who are of full age, who by reason of use uh, uh, exercise their senses to discern both good and evil. See, the problem is the people that never lead you to God and only lead you to good, right? They are, see, what happens when you don't lead people to God, you're not training them to hear God. And when you're not training them to hear God, you won't know whether things are from the devil or whether things are from God. Amen. Now, now th that's a, an enormous problem because that means that if you're not hearing God for your life, you won't know what the will of the Lord is for your life. You can't fulfill the will of God for your life. And that is that is the essence for our living. If you've ever question whether you've had purpose, whether you have meaning, always point back to the fact that God has a will for you. <clears throat> God never loses his will for you. Amen. It's fixed. It's constant. It's not fickle. It doesn't toss to and fro. 
God has a will for you, and, and, and he wants you to tap into that will. Why? Because it, 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 is a, it, it makes for peace in your life. It, it brings you to, to a, a flourishing place. God, See, I hate this doctrine out there that says that God wants you to be impoverished. God never intends for his people to be impoverished. In fact, poverty is a curse. It's not a blessing from God. God doesn't want us uh, uh, broke, busted, and disgusted. Amen. See, it was when they were in the land of Egypt that they were impoverished. It was in the land of Egypt that they were enslaved. It was in the land of Egypt, but God intended to bring them out from the wilderness. See, people say, oh, you know, I'm just living in the wilderness. I'm just a sojourner. See, God never intended for his people to remain a sojourner. He brought them into a land that was flowing with milk and honey. And for them to inherit homes they did not build. Yeah. Now, if God in Christ intends for us to be broke, busted, and disgusted, and impoverished from here to eternity, then it sounds like the old covenant was a better one than ours. Because in the old covenant, God promised them prosperity. God promised them homes that they did not build. God promised them that they would be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Amen. So you're telling me in Christ... In a better covenant with a superior priesthood, with a superior high priest, we are to be below and not above. We are to be the tail and not the head. That we're both, we're to be impoverished and not uh, blessed. No, God forbid. <clears throat> now we don't seek for those things as an end to themselves. We seek God for God's sake. But the Bible made this clear even in the Beatitudes in the New Testament when Jesus says, "Seek first." His kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. Amen. So it's without exception. But see, the problem is, is that we want to seek first those things and then have the kingdom added to us. No, he says, seek first the kingdom. Then these things shall be added unto you. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> God's word doesn't lie. It doesn't fail. So if he says, Peter, see, because people think that, you know, hey, God spoke. And so the, the, the temptation, the doubt is out of the question. But that's not how God operates. See, in that particular regard, that may very well be the Peter stepping out on the boat for you. Not every command is going to be an easy command for you it, uh, to fulfill. Amen. And so for the one person, Amen. that might not be their struggle. But the Lord is saying, hey, for you, that's, that's you stepping out of the boat. Because what you hear when you hear seek first the kingdom is that I can't devote extra time. I can't devote overtime to earn extra money because now I got to seek first the kingdom. Where are my resources coming? You know, how is this going to get paid? That's what you hear and that's what you interpret. And if you're not stepping out in faith and walking in faith, you're going to allow unbelief to overtake you. And unbelief will disable you from fulfilling the promises of God over your life. Man. Now, it's not about works. It's not about, you know, I need to work harder to earn God's favor. 
No, see, it's always been from grace. It's always been that God wants to give a gift to you, whether it's salvation or whether it's finances, whether it's justification or whether it's marriage. It's nothing that you work for. And and instead of trusting in God and relying on his provision, you instead say, you know what, I'm going to work harder at this because things are not working out as fast as I want them to work out. And that, Amen. You rely instead on your own thinking. God, you're taking too long. God, I'm 35 and I ain't married. God, you know this. God, that. God, this. And so you want to birth an Ishmael instead of waiting on God for an Isaac. You know how long Abraham had to wait? He was already old. And... He had a number of problems, you know, without being vulgar or anything, but he couldn't go to the corner store and buy Viagra. He's old. He, 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 and when I say old, he's not just middle-aged. I mean, his bo- the Bible says his body was good as dead. And the Bible says he did not cons- reckon to, or nor take into account the deadness of Sarah's womb. And if that wasn't a problem enough, he's at an age where if they have a child, right, <clears throat> them waking up in the middle of the night is going to be a problem. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, I mean, ha- having my son in, you know, my 20s, it-, it was, you know, no one likes to be disturbed in the middle of the night. Whether you're 18, whether you're 20. But this guy is like up in age, like in his 80s or, or you know, I, I forget the exact number, 80s or 90s. <clears throat> Amen. And see, you know, here's the thing. And man, this is so prophetic. See, some of you want blessings from God, but you don't have the capacity to maintenance the blessing. So when the baby Amen. comes, Amen. you just sleep through. You sleep through all the cries. And God's like, you know, I gave you that baby not for you to sleep through its cries, but that that every blessing comes with responsibility. Amen. Amen. And, and so the Lord knows that some of you are do not have the capacity to maintenance that responsibility and that it would be to your detriment. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. You know, you know, uh, last week in history class, um, no, not, not last week, this week, um, you know, we, we were studying in, in the, the, uh, the Roman Empire and the students, uh, you know, they, they're, they're learning about, uh, it was cool because, you know, they were learning about a little bit of Christianity and the beginning of Christianity and stuff like that. And so I was like, oh, this, you know, I, I'm enjoying this, this, uh, week's, uh, you know, chapter, <clears throat> but there's a, there's a period of where we're studying also Rome and the fall of Rome. And there was an emperor, I believe he had taken, uh, office at 14 or 15 years old. And, <laughs> and then, you know, 
the the teacher, uh, Mr. Howard, you know, he, he's uh, he's you know asking students questions, right? And uh, I think it was fourteen or fifteen, but he, you know, the question was, can you imagine being the emperor of the world's largest empire at the time, being a year older than what you are? You know, and I couldn't help but burst out with a chuckle because I'm like, that's catastrophe. I mean, kid can't even clean his room yet. <laughs> he can't. He can't even maintenance his own room yet. And he's expected to r- rule an empire. The point that I was, you know, the 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 reason why I bring that here is that look, you you don't step into the empire overnight. Man. You know, like Jordan Peter said. Make your bed. You know, because he, he's, he's addressing a lot of these woke liberals that, that just graduate high school and they're like, I want to save the world. You know, uh, uh, environmentalist, you know, on the rise, you know, yay, hurrah. You know, but he, he, he says, make your room, make your bed first. Then come talk to me about world reform. Yeah. Right? That That's because if, if you haven't acclimated right, to that place, you don't, first of all, have authority to say anything. You, you, you gotta, you gotta, uh, you know, uh, uh, be responsible here, be responsible here, be responsible here, so that you have a broader understanding, and you, you've worked up to that responsibility to where people respect who are, who's in that position now, right, because they know it's come from years of, of, authority it comes from years of training or years of maintenancing that responsibility amen don't try to step over something into you know step into something overnight geez some of y'all are quiet are you stepping into something overnight is that that's why we're quiet (laughs) oh no i have to let go of that now you know, because here's the thing, it's not a blessing. It's not a blessing if you've blessed yourself. The Bible says that if we exalt ourselves, we will be humbled. But if we humble ourselves, we will be exalted. Amen. You know, Daniel, when he was in the Babylonian uh, uh, Empire, when he was a subject to it, he didn't exalt himself. The Bible says in Proverbs that your gift will make room for you. What did he do? Did he say, hey, hey, Nebuchadnezzar, here I am. I got a gift. Hey, ooh, 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 pick me. He didn't, he didn't do all that. Right? Isn't that in your Bibles what happened? There was a situation, right? And Nebuchadnezzar was going to uh, kill everybody. And he's like, dang, okay, you know what? It, it, it's about time for my showing forth to come because I don't want to die and I don't want even all the astrologers and soothsayers and, you know, them to die either. So, you know, hey, tell the king. And the Bible says that Daniel spoke prudently and tactfully. Amen. Man. He had the tongue of the learned and of the wise. And, and so, you know, he, he spoke to... Uh, um, Nebuchadnezzar's, I think it was his right hand man or something, and he says, "Look, I know there's a God in heaven that reveals secrets." Amen. Amen. And then what happened? But look at 
Daniel was consistent in his relationship with God. He prayed three times every single day. It doesn't matter whether he was tired. It doesn't matter whether he was discouraged. It didn't matter whether he wasn't feeling like it or whether he was hungry or whether he was exhausted. He knew that he had to pray and he would face east towards Jerusalem because his heart was for for that old land. His heart was for the promises of God and he was not ignorant of the scriptures. He appealed to Jeremiah and it says, Oh Lord, you said that we would be in captivity for 70 years and afterward you would turn your face toward us again. But he continued to pray and press into God and on the strength of his relationship with the Lord, God exalted him. But he humbled himself. And today we're living in a generation where we don't want to humble ourselves. We And see, here's the thing. If you don't humble yourself, you will get humbled. And that humbling comes with humiliation. See, God is able, right? You see, when you humble yourself before God, it's without humiliation. But when you exalt yourself and refuse to humble yourself, it comes with humiliation. And when you exalt yourself, you flatter yourself. But see, when God exalts you, it's he doesn't flatter you. It's because of uh, it's because of of the God in you that that you're there to begin with, right? But but you you can't you you know Paul says you who are are begin by the spirit are you now perfected by the flesh? See some of you did begin well, but you're ending not so well. <clears throat> Amen. You have to start and finish in God. <clears throat> Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. <clears throat> You know, um, amen. But Daniel wasn't hooping and hollering, you know, to get, you know, for people to get his attention. You know, what I've learned about God is that you you, you don't have to, um, see, sometimes when, when God isn't moving as fast as, as the church uh, would like to think that he should move, they become embittered or they become, uh, 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 you know, disappointed. And then they start doing things themselves. They start manufacturing things themselves, right? <clears throat> but but what I've learned is just because God is patient don't mean that he isn't doing anything. Just because God seems to be slow doesn't mean Amen. he's inactive. Amen. The, you know, Jesus says, my father is always working. And see, the more you work, the less God does. The more God works, the less you do. That doesn't mean that you become passive and sluggish, but it means that you don't have to depend upon yourself to get things done. You, you're not the sole basis. You're not the source. We draw from an infinite source. And we keep drawing from that infinite source. God, I don't have enough. Okay, you pray and he provides enough. God, I don't have strength. You draw from that infinite well of strength and, and then he gets you through it. God, I'm tired. I don't got enough energy. You're drawing from that infinite well. And then he makes you able. Amen. 
Lord, I'm weak, I'm discouraged, I'm frightened, I'm afraid, I'm timid, I'm not enough, I'm inadequate. Well, duh, that's where we need to be because we're drawing from the infinite well of grace. Amen. And, and instead, you know, but see the proud and the stout of heart who don't want to admit that they're not enough will look to themselves and fake the funk and they fake it until they make it, right? When they don't make it, right? They they keep faking it because they don't want to admit that we're not enough in ourselves. That, that, that pains them. And so since that's the case, that they, they, they uh you know they, they rely on on their own mind they rely on their own strategy instead of of going to god amen amen and that doesn't work out you know i i i don't know who it was exactly but i guess there was um there was a pastor from asia that had come to America, I don't know who it was, but I, I heard it in like a message or something. <clears throat> and then he, he looked at all the churches and stuff like that. Uh, and he was enamored by, you know, the, the, the buildings and beautiful edifices and stuff like that. And he's like, wow. And then the American pastor asked him, hey, well, you know, what are you uh, in all about? He said, I'm just in all that, of all that man can do apart from God. And he was implying, you know, his, 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 what he was implying is that, uh, you know, a lot of these Western churches were built not by God, you know, but take that for what it's worth. You know, you know, I know that's a general statement, a sweeping statement, but it certainly is the case about some churches, that they began without the power of God. And that's why they need the programs. That's why they need the hype. That's why they need all these alluring attractions to keep you. But see, here's the thing that if you needed to keep, if you needed to draw them, you needed to keep them. And it always has to outperform another thing. And, and you know, Amen. I know people don't like that. <clears throat> look, just look at the early church. The Bible says they continued steadfastly, right? They con they st they they, they uh, it says they continue uh. They devoted themselves continually to the word of God and fundraising. They devoted themselves to the word of God, continually to the word of God and coffee selling. They devoted themselves continually to the word of God and anger management. There is no anger management. The Bible says crucify it, not maintain it. Amen. Not manage it. Because what I hear is sin management. Just think about it. Anger management or lust management. Manage your lust. We're teaching you how to manage it. <laughs> right? It don't, it don't make sense. Amen. 
porn management, weed management, just manage it. <laughs> just, just a roach. I just smoke a roach. No blunt to the head. <laughs> I'll just get tipsy. I ain't gonna get faded. <laughs> Me and the homies ain't gonna get faded. We just gonna get tipsy. <laughs> just manage alcoholism. <laughs> Come on, are y'all dead or something? This is where you should. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <clears throat> See, it, sometimes you have to unlearn the religion to re, to learn the anointing. Be, because. You know, and, and then what happens is when someone who's anointed tells you the truth, then that, that the, the religiosity you've been conditioned by wants to stand over in accusation against the truth. <clears throat> you know, I remember when I was younger in the Lord, there's a lot of things that I picked up in, religiously. I didn't know any better because I didn't know the word. I was taught, you know, you can't have a beard. I was taught that. I, I didn't question it because all I knew is I came out of darkness, right? And so I knew that I was in the light because I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. I got saved. I spoke in tongues. And all I knew is like, wow. And, and I didn't know that there was uh, 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 abomination. I mean, denominations. Um, I didn't know there was demonation. I mean, denominations. I didn't know all that existed. All I knew is I love Jesus. But... You know, and, and God used a lot of the gold in it, but there was also a lot of dross. And I had to unlearn the dross. And you know what? It, it, I'll tell you why so many people stay in the, the, the uh, denominations is because it's too hard for them to unlearn and it causes too much pain. You know, it's just with anything else. You know, it's like when you get married. Man, I, I can't tell you how many people say, Oh, you know, I've heard it a lot of times. Oh man, I can't wait till I get a hubby. I'm gonna just go. I'm just submit. I just can't wait to submit. And yet they can't submit to anybody else. They can't submit to their pastor. They can't submit. You know, they don't even submit to their own standards that they've enacted. They're they, they you know, they they're not even consistent with their own. Oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna stop. This is my last day. Amen. This is the last of the last days <laughs> that I stop eating this way. <laughs> This is the last of the last. And we keep hearing it and hearing it. It's like, you know, 2012, the end of, not the world, but the end of my, my old eating habits. <laughs> this is the last days and it never comes. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Amen. Some of you quiet. Is it the last days for you? I hope it's the last days of 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 the religious things that we've been taught. <coughs> you know, but anyways what I was saying is, oh, you know, you couldn't have a beard, that the women couldn't have makeup, that the women, you know, they had to wear a dress, all this stuff. That's what I was taught, but then I began to learn that that's not biblical. Now, here's the thing, modesty is biblical, but the but here's the thing, it's relative to a culture. 
right? So what what modesty looks like in the in the Zulu amongst the Zulus in Africa it isn't what it looks like here in America, right? Be, because and it's a blurry line because you know, uh, um, we know what's immodest here. Amen. So sisters, if you if you're wearing some gear that into the gym that looks you know and, and forgive me but it looks like you know you 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 spray painted uh uh you spray painted pants around your legs. That's not modest. And you're not fooling anybody. Oh, I just do it because it's comfortable. No, there's a whole lot you know, look like one of them shabby '80s aerobics people. You know, with the huge sweater, huge sweaters, and the you know the huge sweatpants. Go to the gym like that instead. That's probably a whole lot more comfortable, right? Amen. And and you know, just don't get offended. You're you're glorifying your body, and you want everybody to look at you. And and by the way, just just so you know, I don't know anybody here that goes to the gym, so I'm not preaching from the head. Okay, so in case someone thinks I'm singling anybody, I don't know who goes to the gym here, but you know, if this shoe fits, wear it. Yeah. Look, ladies, it, it's not about, you, you know, uh, it, I hate it. And then the guys, you know, there was this one dude on Instagram. He looked like one of those macho gym dudes. Right. And I forgot what it said. Oh, and the whole reel was about he had his shirt off and he's jogging, he's lifting weights and all this other stuff. Right. He's like some middle aged dude and, you know, and and he's supposedly a Christian, right? And I'm not saying he's not saved, but it says rule one, you know, work hard or it says something like that. And then rule two, it says, uh, uh, it said something about like point to the king or, 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 uh, I don't know. I was telling my wife about it recently. I, I, maybe she can help me out. I can't, I can't recollect at the moment, uh, what it said. Um, but anyways, or it said like glorify God or some something like that. Then I, I typed in the uh, the comment, and then I put rule three. I said, uh, uh, but make it look like I'm the king, because he says rule two point to the king. I said, but in pointing to the king, make it look like I'm the king. And, and, and so it was my witty way of rebuking him and saying, bro, who are you fooling? You're not pointing to the king by by showing off your 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 pecs. You're not you're not sh- you're not glorifying God. That's glorifying yeah. flesh. And same thing with the ladies. You know, stop wearing don't wear skimpy stuff because you're not pointing to Christ. Right? Amen. You know, the world is twisted, man. You know, I, I, I seen some things on Instagram that it's just it's so disheartening that that, 
you know, it's like, have you ever seen those reels that pop up and, and there's like some guy that, you know, they get interviewed, a guy and a girl, and then they ask, uh, they basically put both of them on blast and ask them some questions that end up making them fight against each other. Have you ever seen that? It's, it's ugly. Um, but, but basically it's like, oh yeah, you know, um, I don't know. They just ask them provocative questions because they expose their disloyalties. And, and so the point that I bring that up is to show that, look, the world is so disloyal and we are not to partake of the world's disloyalties. And we don't understand that. Yes, indeed. And what we say matters and it can tell, it it can uh, uh, preach a different narrative than the one that we should be learning from scripture, but also how you dress. Right? Amen. Amen. What what you dress or the way you dress should should a, a, a husband should feel comfortable when you dress and you go out by yourself that and not a warped sort of a, a guy that is open to open marriage <laughs> right I mean an actual godly husband he should feel comfortable like yeah I I. I'm I'm fine with my wife going out like that. Amen. It's quiet. Why are you quiet? You have to change your wardrobe or <laughs> Right, we we want look, man, it's about people seeing Christ. It's about people seeing Jesus. Not not right. us. And so, you know, I I forgot what Paul Washer said. Oh, I okay, I remember one time he was he was saying, look. He says he was talking about how he's preaching, right? He says, you know, ladies, so there's some of you that dress in such a way that even as I'm preaching, every and you're attractive female, every male will have to look like this. Look away. Because of the way you're dressed. And he says, now there's some other that may even be more beautiful than that lady. But the way she dresses, we can look, not not to check her out, but we don't have to turn our heads away because it's because it's not it's not obvious that she's dressed immodestly. There's some that you you, you dress in such a way where you know, you, you can even be ugly and you got to turn away because you, you know what I mean? And I, I, I'm, I'm bringing out the elephant in the room. You know, I'm pointing to the pink elephant in the room because a lot of times people don't want to point to this stuff because people get offended because you, you know, you, you spend a lot of money on, on your wardrobe. Amen. Just pray more. I, I guarantee you the more you pray, the more the more you, you'll become 
disgusted with some of the things you you do, right? The more you grow in God, the I, I you know I've said this before. I don't say it boastfully, but you know I've never met someone who prayed more than me in prayer and argued against prayer. I'm not saying that there aren't people that pray more than me, because there are. But I've never met someone that prays more that will argue against prayer. Right? Because if I said, hey, look, we're going to have a three-hour prayer meeting. The people who never do that, they're going to get upset at it. But people who are praying five hours, like, yeah, why not pray more? Right? Amen? And so the point I'm making is the more you spend time with God, the less you will argue with the things of God. Amen. So, um, I, I will move on because I know it's discouraging some of you. <laughs> um, Amen. You know, Sister Norma said that, you know, there there's there's witches and warlocks that devote ardently to their craft, that they spend so many hours in witchcraft. You know, there's there's rituals that they have to do that I've heard from you know, that they you have to go to the cemetery and sleep there in order to satisfy one of the requirements of a ritual. Who wants to do that? Right? So it's it's you know, sacrifice. Well, thank God we don't have to do that in Christ. That's nonsense. But you know what? The Bible says that Jesus would often slip away. Right? And there were times he prayed all night. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> One amen. Um, look, I'm addressing things that won't keep you weak. Right? I want you to be strong. And the only way, look, I've used this analogy before, but the guys in the gym that remain weak never target their legs. You know why? Because it's the hardest, well, First of all, they want they want to be more aesthetically pleasing. Guys typically like the upper body more. You know, I I don't know why, but they typically like the upper body more. But not only that, the legs, you know, the quadriceps are the largest uh, muscle in the body. That's why you have biceps, bi means 2, triceps means 3, quadriceps means 4. Right? So it's a larger muscle and it takes more out of you. Right? And so it takes too much to devote time to that muscle. So instead, I'm going to just, I'm going to skip leg day. You know, they always say in the gym, don't skip leg day. <laughs> Amen. You're going to look like a pyramid, an upside down pyramid. Don't skip leg day. So, so, you know, 
that means that you're going to start having to highlight new verses in your Bible, the ones you don't like. <laughs> right? Amen. You know, only the book of Psalms is highlighted in your Bible. Amen. If you don't believe me, go back and look. I guarantee it's going to be, Lord, put my tears in the bottle. All those verses are going to be highlighted. But the ones where it says, pray without ceasing, that one's not highlighted. There's an ouch underneath that verse. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to lighten the blow with humor here. <clears throat> but it requires for you to look at it and say, you know what? I, I need, Lord, help me to obey this. Amen? Help me to obey this. <clears throat> um... And so that's my prerogative. I want us to be stronger. Not for my sake, for your sake, for Christ's sake. Christ doesn't intend for you to to remain spiritually weak and deficient. He wants Amen. you to go from glory to glory, from faith to faith, to strength to strength. Amen. And so instead of getting upset with me, thank me in Christ, say, you know what? I, 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 because I, we're not going to all the time willingly go to the hard things. Sometimes we need those external voices and those external pressures to begin to point us in the right direction, right? Why does every boxer have a coach? Why does it, you know, why is it that every, uh, you know, people that do finances, right? They had a financial advisor and stuff like that because, that internal voice isn't, you know, it's easy to put the snooze button on that. Why do people pay for coaches to tell them things they already know they need to do? Because that provides extra support and it helps you to go into the right direction. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. So I'm here to help. And, you know, sometimes when, when I'm taking out that cavity, when I'm, I'm putting a filling in that cavity, it don't feel like help. You know, it's like my dad had encouraged me when I was young. Like, son, I know you're only four years old. This, well, well, today I, I, I don't, I don't trust shots like I used to, but let's just assume that shots worked. Okay. I don't want to go into all that. You know, but let's, okay, so at the time, my dad is thinking that he's helping me, right? Or let's just use dentistry. Son, you know, you're five years old. I know this is going to hurt a lot, and you're going to think that daddy's mean, but daddy's helping you, right? Because that cavity will create an infection, and if you don't deal with that infection, believe it or not, Right, you'll need a root canal. If that don't get deal, dealt with, you can die. That infection can go to the brain and kill you. <clears throat> Amen. Right? 
Um, yes, that's correct. He who loves discipline loves knowledge. And l- let me encourage you, brothers and sisters. Discipline doesn't mean that you've done something wrong. That's a common misconception we have about discipline. Discipline simply means, well, it comes from the Greek word mathetes. That means student, pupil, learned one. So it does, discipline is not punitive. It's not condemnation. Right? If you say, I went to the gym today because I'm disciplining myself. Right? It's a reinforcement to help you to learn and to bring into practice what is only a theory in your head. Right? So if you love discipline, it will make for peace. Amen? And Hebrews 12 tells us that. I believe it's Hebrews 12. That if you're trained by discipline, it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness. It yields righteousness that brings that peace. How many of you want peace? See, because if you can't stop, if you can't discipline yourself to stop going with the deadbeat guys, you're not going to have peace. You're always going to get cheated on. You're always, you understand? See, because when we when we navigate away from the will of God, it just brings catastrophe, chaos, and confusion. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Um See, because I, I love you guys enough to share with you what I, I know is true. Amen. You know, it, it doesn't take a loving person to tell you what you want to hear. Do you understand that? Because a person that loves themselves, right, they want to avoid conflict. And they just want to maintenance the peace. Because they already got enough problems in their own life as it is. So I'll just tell people what they want to hear so I don't anger people. I already got enough problems. I don't need problems from other people. Right? <clears throat> but what 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 does your dad say? What does your mom say? Right? And, and there are some of the people that you get most annoyed with. Right? Yes, mom, I know. I know. Leave the guy. I know. You told me. Tell me I'm wrong. I know. Get A's, get B's in school, yes. Amen. I got I got this half. I know. You know, I met a kid at school. Uh, with the school I work at, I was like, Richard, I was like, man, you need, you know, what's up with your grades? You know, and we're just talking about citation. I was like, you don't, I mean, you don't care that you get cited and stuff like that. And this was last year. He's all, no. I was like, what do your parents say? He's all, nothing. I was like, what do you mean they say nothing? He's like, well, I, I blocked the school's number so they can't call me. (laughs) He's like, he's like, I, 
I use my mom and dad's phone to block the school's number so they can't ever contact. I was like, that's smart. I, I, you know, but I was like, you need to cut that out. But that's that's smart. <laughs> I think you little rascal. <laughs> you know. <clears throat> and, and, you know, the kids know that I'm cool with them. And I don't like to get them in trouble for dumb stuff. And I'm just like, you know. Because, you know, it goes in one ear and out the other to a lot of them. Because all they hear, you know, all they see is blah, 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 you know, from teachers, they don't, they don't, they don't, you know, but they, they, they gotta, people gotta see that you, you care, right? You know, and, and, you know, this it doesn't mean that you'll save them all, but <clears throat> there are some on that borderline. They need to see that someone cares enough that it's not just a rule, right? Anyways, I I want to I want to get to something real quick, and then we'll we'll close. <clears throat> Are you all blessed? Amen. Amen. <clears throat> And that's one thing that I always try to do with these kids. I always try to show them that I I I love them, you know, because um sometimes I see where I work is that you know yes professionalism, yes yes like policies, yes all that, but sometimes you know people can be so overwhelmed with their own life that they won't go the further step to inquire about the students personally. Like, hey, how how are things really? Not just good morning, right? And that's good. It is better to be met with that than a cantankerous, ah, 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 you know, sort of. It, it's good to be met with a good morning, but, but you know, like, to to condescend to, to to stoop down and say you know hey how are things really you know because we got to remember that that we were kids too once and the things that messed up their little world we might see as trivial but they're going through pain right when they're ostracized when when kids are making fun of them we just think oh they're just kids but no they have their little world and it affects them it hurts them Amen. Uh, and so, Amen. you know, and this is where, and let me just say this last thing. We'll get to the text. Uh, prophetically, this means that we shouldn't minimize the pain of other believers. Because sometimes, you know, we, we want to invalidate another's pain because it's not the pain that, that we're experiencing. And so we invalidate it. But but we should not invalidate another person's pain because everybody got different stories, different capacities, and, and, and different ways they interpret what they're experiencing, right? And and so we are not to be like Job's miserable comforters, where where they didn't know how to say the right thing because they 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 misdiagnosed Job and said some terrible things that only added to his pain. Amen. But I, I wanted to read this here. Um, 
First, uh, Second Corinthians chapter twelve. First Corinthians chapter 12. Um, you know what? I'm sorry. Let's just quickly read First uh, Corinthians chapter 11. Let's begin in verse... Um, verse 23. <clears throat> Are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been uh, cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Uh, who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? Verse 30, if I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. So what, what I want to learn, I want us to learn from here. Is when we're we all here still? <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> um, the the reason why I ask is because you know. I know that I can't see everybody, but one of the things that, you, you know, I just have you privy to is, you know, when, when the message is being delivered, you know, and for those who have preached, understand what I'm talking about. You can pick up stuff. I can pick up if people are confused. I can pick up if you're offended I can pick up if you're angry with what I'm saying. I can pick up if you're not listening. And so I can sense if there's not a full unity. Or there's distractions. Right? So um, th that's why you know, I might sound like a broken record. Are, are we here? Because what I'm saying is you're not really here. Now, you may be the one listening. And like you're fully bought in and you're like, okay, yeah, no, I'm listening. But not everybody is. And that's why sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll throw a jab and say, get off social media. And then someone, you know, ends up saying in the chat, oops, I'm sorry. 
Well, I'll stop doing that. <laughs> Amen. Um, and I'm not here to embarrass people. It's just, you, you don't get distracted when the devil's speaking to you. I wish you were as distracted when the devil spoke to you, right? Then, then you are here. You are not distracted yeah. when that, when that hot guy talks to you at work. <gasps> oh, stop everything you're doing. Yes, handsome. You start melting. You're not distracted when your boss told you your check came in. Yes, Caesar. I will obey. <laughs> Amen. Don't be distracted when God is speaking to you. I'm not trying to you know, embarrass you, but just let's learn from that, okay? <clears throat> um, but nonetheless, we're looking at Paul's, you know, spiritual resume. He, And the reason why I want us to focus here on this is because, you know, sometimes when you go through things, the devil wants to tell you that you're doing something wrong. And and if there there it's a very discouraging thing because uh, if you sense you are doing something wrong, right? It's going to create confusion when in fact it's the tribulation that is the it's the very indication that you are in fact in the will of God. See, Paul when he was experiencing things, he was not outside the will of the Lord. Jesus had made known to him as early as, you know, his experience, you know, in, in the book of Acts, right? That he will suffer greatly for the kingdom of God. Now, I, I don't intend on going on, into this um, too much, but sometimes people have said, you know, oh, you're not really a Christian because if we were really radical for Jesus, then we too would be beaten like Paul. We too would be stoned. Well, you got to understand that not everybody in the first century was stoned. Not everybody in the Amen. first century was shipwrecked. Not everybody Amen. in the first century was in danger from Gentiles, in danger amongst the Jews, because Paul was a forerunner. Paul says, I fill up what's lacking in in the uh, in the sufferings of the body of Christ death is at work in me but life in you so paul Amen. had a far greater magnitude of suffering that was distinct from a common individual in the church which is why paul was an apostle. See what's an apostle? They're in, uh, 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 What are they? Uh, missionaries, right? That's another word. But they, they're uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Emissary, emissaries. Um, is that the correct word, Malachi? Emissaries, like ambassadors. Yes, yes. They go right where others are not, and they pave the way, right? And, and so Paul, you know, but the point that I'm trying to make is <clears throat> on the one hand, we're not without tribulation, 
And tribulation simply means pressure. Okay? But on the other hand, that Paul and Peter and men like Jesus made known specifically to the apostles that they would die a martyr's death. He didn't make that known to every person in the church. What did he tell them? He says, you will drink of this cup. And this is why Peter had said, you know, in John, what was it, John 21 or John 20? And it says, thus Jesus spoke, you know, to Peter in the way in which he would glorify him in his death. Right? So he had already prepared and primed the apostles and made known to them that they would die a martyr's death. Right? And they were to glorify God thereby. And, and this is what... In Revelation, there was t when 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 the saints had died. I believe it's in Re Revelation chapter six, and he says, "Still wait a little while longer, right, a until the measure of suffering is complete." R all right. So there was a measure of suffering that the apostles and the messengers of the gospel—not everybody in the church—were to fill up until judgment had come upon Jerusalem. Right. So nevertheless, the point that I'm wanting to make, however, from this is that tribulation is something that we experience nevertheless. Right. So, you know, you know, uh, for example, you know, uh, my wife just got attacked last night in her dream and it was an ugly demonic dream. Right. And, and I share that uh, uh, because. You know, no one is exempt. If we're if we're in a war, that means that we are battling, and that means we have opponents, and that means they're going to uh, administer their attacks. They're going to do things against us in order to discourage, in order to dismantle, in order to cause dismay, in order to cause us to to want to give up the fight. Amen. And so what did Paul says? We long to go to you in Thessalonica, but Satan hindered us. Right? So Satan is actively working, right, to, to well, first of all, to get you out of the will of God. And if he can't successfully do that, he at least wants to slow you down. Right? He, yeah. wants, he wants to hinder you in every way possible. Right? And so Paul... Look at all that he had gone through. And, and you know, sometimes people, they look up to the heavens and say, God, what am I doing wrong? Now, to be certain, there are some people who are doing things wrong. And they're suffering unnecessarily as a result of their sin. Right? You know, I've used this example a number of times and I'll use it again. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't put names out there like that, but I, this is a real life story and I share a real life story because, well, real life stories I, I feel are the most impactful, <clears throat> but there was a sister some years back that, that was attending our prayer meeting. Some of you already know this. Uh, and, and well, anyway, she brought this individual and, uh, you know, I knew, from the gate that this man was a wicked man that he, he didn't he was a wolf okay 
and, and, and um, well, she would she would bring this guy to the prayer meeting. Well, she brought him like once, maybe twice or something like that. And, uh, well, come to find out, you know, she's all, you know, she just uh, bedazzled by this guy and just wants to be with this guy. And, uh, well, I, 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 I ended up saying, you know, th this man is not from God. And, and it wasn't because you know, I didn't like him or anything like that. But see, here, here's one of the things. If I, if I say that the Lord showed me something, just know that I don't play games about it. Amen. I'm not going to just say, and God said, and the Lord said, and, you know, and finally, you know, breakthroughs coming. I don't do that. Right. And, and everybody here knows when I say, thus saith the Lord, the Lord said, right. So, um, but God showed me that this, this, uh, this man, he, he's not from God. And so now here's the thing. This sister ran to, I don't know who the lady was. I don't know if the lady was related to this man some way. I don't know, but she gave, this lady gave her a word that she was going to get married with this guy or some something like that. I'm like, hmm, convenient, huh? And so she felt all sure about it because she got a word, right? And I'm like, I mean, you don't have to believe me, but I know what I see and I know what I know. And so you would do well to, to, to act accordingly, right? Long story short, she, she started missing prayer. You know, she just, and then she just stopped coming. Um, and then, and then I addressed that. And then and in response, like, oh, you know, uh, got upset. She ended up falling into fornication. But here, here's the main point that I want to bring this up. Even beyond the fornication. This man tried to kill her. They were going to get married. They didn't. She called it off because he ended up hiring strippers, right, for the for the final dance or whatever they do before people get married, before they tie the knot. That's like party? Yeah, yeah. And she's like, nah, you know, she called it off because of that. Well, long story short, he ends up, breaking into her apartment, strangling her, trying to kill her, and then not long after that, tries to rape her daughter. He broke into that house, snuck in the window, and, and tried to rape her. And while well, he's in prison right now, and, and they believe they have enough evidence to indict him on a murder committed in the 90s. And, and then this sister had the audacity to tell me, say she said, Stay teachable, Greg. And I'm like, mm, okay. Before all that happened, you know, and I'm not the person to say, I told you so. But when God shares something, it's not without a reason. Um, he, in love, he is sparing you. 
In love, he is sparing you from catastrophe, from destruction, from even physical death. Amen. And, and some people are so religious that if they don't have a Bible verse to tell them which way they should go, they won't hear a man of God. No, I need Jesus to tell me directly from the scriptures. And if I don't hear from this, then, you know. But here's the thing. Majority of the time, the people who act like that won't even listen if Moses, if, if uh, the beggar was raised from the dead. You remember? Amen. Remember Amen. what uh, happened in Luke? Uh, when the rich man went to hell and he's like, hey man, you know, let me rise from the dead and go tell my brothers and then maybe they will believe me. What was the response? They have Moses and the prophets. If they don't listen to them, they won't listen to you. Amen. Amen. <coughs> but nevertheless... The Lord, he warns us in love. He warns us because he loves us. What happened with Saul? God spoke to him neither through prophets, nor through dreams, nor through Urim, uh, Urim and Thummim. And what was that indicative of? God's judgment on Saul. God didn't speak to Saul anymore. So the next time you want to complain... About, oh, this mess is taking too long. Just remember, there's some people God don't speak to. Um, so let that encourage you. I know that sounds hard, but seriously, let that encourage you. That means God loves me enough to, to, to direct my life. He loves me. Not this sensual sort of stuff. No. He loves you enough to send his son to die for you. That's There's this beautiful song, um, you know, they hung him high, they stretched him wide. He hung their dead for me, he died. That's love. <laughs> That's love. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says no greater love than a man has a man than this, that he would lay down his life for a friend. But we know what the Bible says in Romans 5. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Hallelujah. God demonstrates his love for us in this while we were yet sinners, Christ died for you. Paul says that the Son of God loved me and he gave his life for me. Yes, he gave it to the world, but personalize it. Jesus Christ gave his life's blood for me while I wasn't his friend, while I was his enemy. That's beautiful. That's the only reason why I'm a Christian today. <clears throat> is that he loved me. And, and you know what? Because he loves me, it means I got to change. <laughs> You're branded. You're branded by Christ. You're a slave. You're a doulos. 
of Christ, a bond servant. I, I do my master's bidding. And whether we like it or not, we are going to be a slave of a spirit. You choose who that spirit will be. Either demonic spirits or the Holy Spirit. There is no neutrality. I don't get to choose and say, I don't want to listen to nobody. <laughs> right? Because Satan, his philosophy is do what thou wilt. But once you already eat of the, 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 the bread of, of that false doctrine, you've already come into covenant and contract with demons saying, I'm going to serve you. I think I'm serving myself, but I'm just a victim to a realm that is superior to the natural. And so when we yield ourselves to the Holy Ghost, we're saying, oh, Lord, your love has won me. I am no longer to live myself, my life for myself, but unto him who gave his life for me. Right? So whether we live or whether we die, it's unto the Lord. <clears throat> but let, let, me get, let me get through this. Um, so I want us to turn our attention to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Look at what Paul says. He says, or because of these surpassing great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. <clears throat> you know, the, the one of the biggest problems for humanity isn't that, or let's just focus on the church, isn't that they, they're too weak per se. It's that they're too strong. And the strength in the flesh is what it is what then makes them weak in the spirit because people who are normally naturally stronger they have more money they're more uh self-determined have a, a strong determined mindset they say i'm gonna get through this by myself right but that strength then it disables them it makes them an infant in the spirit because one of the ways that you acclimate to greater strengths in the spirit is you become increasingly more aware of the weakness in your own bodily strength and your natural resources, right? Amen. So so the yeah. people who say that, I, I, you know, I'm so weak, you know, uh, and they don't ever pray, right? They don't really believe that as they ought. Really, the problem is that they're too strong in the flesh. And and why? Because the, the, when you're so strong in the flesh, the, the you find it utterly difficult to pray. Right? <clears throat> you know, I, I was watching something recently on Instagram, and there was this Navy SEAL, right? He said, you, you know, he's like, yo, we had no problem. This is he's a Christian. He says I had life experiences of breaking into homes and and assassinating these terrorists. 
you know, cold-blooded murderous terrorists. So I had no fear. I've broken in those places. He says, but you know what? I tell you what. He says, I'm afraid to step out and pray for someone. I'm step out. To, I'm afraid to tell someone about Jesus when I'm in the grocery store. I'm afraid to 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 pray for certain people. And he says, you figure that. You know why? Because natural strength doesn't translate to spiritual strength. Amen. Amen. In fact, a lot of times it's the complete opposite. You know, it was Hudson Taylor who who was an amazing missionary and won two people for Christ every single day. And someone asked him, what's the secret to the spirituality of your life? He says, God searched to and fro throughout the earth and found the weakest man. And it was me. Because when you be... So if you're stranded in the middle of a sea... On a broken plank, all you can do is cry out for help. What hope do you have? And that's where we need to be mentally when it comes to situations that we're met with. Don't think that you can accomplish it yourself. Turn that into a prayer. Don't allow anxiety to grip you or pride to to, to press you forward and say, you got this by yourself. No, allow for this to be a platform and an opportunity for God to demonstrate his glorious might, his provision, his His resurrection power. Amen. <clears throat> but look, at, he says, my grace is sufficient for you in weakness. It's sufficient for you. God's grace will get you through, Right? So then it's not of works. Grace is the antithesis to works. Grace, God wants to give. God wants to bestow. Right? But see, works, it's all predicated upon yourself. Amen? Um, And remember in 1 Peter, Peter says this, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial that has come to try you. As if some strange thing was happening to you. Nothing strange is happening to you. It just shows that you are alive. It just shows you that you know God. It shows you that you're no longer in the world. Because when you're in the world, it wasn't a struggle for you. You wanted to go get drunk. You wanted to go party it up. You wanted to go sleep around. You wanted to go do all those things and none of that stuff convicted you. But now that you're in Christ, there is a war. There is a conflict. And the devil is actively throwing arrows your way and shooting darts in order to pierce your mind and to pierce your heart and to cause mayhem in your life to get you away from God, to draw you away. So don't think it's strange. It's not a bewildering thing. When trials come to meet you, it is the Christian life. It it was Paul's experience. And thank God that we were not suffering to that magnitude. I don't want that. Re- I don't want that on my resume. He could keep that. I don't want it. <laughs> but I've had my fair share of tribulation, and I tell you that while it wasn't pretty, God had gotten me through. But it did not come by me trying harder. It came. By saying, you know what, God, there's nothing I can do. You're my help. You're my rock. 
You're my shield. You're my fortress. You're my buckler. You're my all in all. I am not enough, but I call on the name of the one who is. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And he's able to break through. He's able to pierce through. He's able to administer that grace to get you to his will. He will carry you on eagle's wing. He will fight against those who fight against you. He will contend against those who contend against you. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He's not unable to empathize with your weakness. He was tempted in all points like we, yet without sin. Aren't you thankful that we have a high priest? See, yes, Jesus was fully God, but he was also fully man. So you know what that means? He 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 knows what it's like to be tempted. He's been betrayed. He's had people, his own disciples, turn their backs on him. Right? You know what that just goes to show? You can be the greatest pastor and... and, and, and and people still not, you know, appreciate. You can be the greatest mother and pour everything you have into your children. And, and it still not turn out the way you expected it to. But, you know, you know, praise God that, you know, they had their, their time of failure, but they, 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 uh, they were, they bounced back. Right. Amen. There was only one that was ultimately a betrayer, which we know is Judas. But the, the remaining 11, you know, I, I believe it was Napoleon. He says, you know, there are many men who've conquered kingdoms by conquest and by, by bloodshed and by military strength and power. And, and, he, and, and he says, but amongst us today are the followers of the Christ who, who uh, won them by love. He says, many men of which are willing to go to the stakes at this very hour. I'm like, wow. And you know what? His kingdom is a global kingdom. It's beyond the globe. It also involves heaven. And there are people that are still to this day following the Christ. And he, and he won them by love, not by military conquest per se. Amen. <clears throat> so let's just read this last uh, verse in 1 Peter and then we'll close. I just want to encourage you with this. Just so that you be strong in the fight. That you be strong in the war. Um, that you understand that, uh, you know, what we go through isn't, in, it's, it's, a, it's not an indication of God's rejection of you. In fact, it's an indication of his very acceptance of you. Right? And you're like, man, aren't I praying? You know, what am I doing wrong? And I believe in God. Well, yes. But see, see, it's not about you. It's about the gold that God wants to get out of you. Because, because it, it's the Christ that he wants to see in you. And without tribulations, you know, I can tell you, the longer I've spent in Christ, the more cognizant and aware I am of my weakness my weaknesses and so the reason why i've grown in prayer 
isn't because I've had such an enormous strong will. It's because I've had no other option. I've been up against too many fights to where I could not handle it. And I had to call on God. It wasn't because I had the greatest self-determination. I've, I've never been one of the... You know, there's people out there, they have a strong will. You know, they could quit drugs like that. I couldn't do that. I tried. I couldn't. I remember throwing the stuff away and then just returning back. I couldn't do it. I, 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 and so more and more you see, I, I am a frail man. But I have a mighty God who swallows up my infirmities. Have you ever had that, you know, those times where you're praying and, and you're beginning, you, you're kind of forcing it and you're like, oh God, thank you. And and then the Holy Ghost takes over and just, you just, you're thriving with power and vitality because the Holy Ghost swallowed up your weakness. Hallelujah. That's where the Lord wants to us, us to abide. In the strength of his might, not mine, not yours. Let that be an encouragement because we don't have to do it ourselves. But look at First Peter, and we're closing with this passage. First Peter chapter 4, verse 12. <clears throat> Dear friends, Right, so these, these are friends of Peter. Do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. Let's stop there for a minute, right? <clears throat> so, there should be no element of surprise. In other words, we're, we're surprised at things we didn't expect. Right, so people don't get in a relationship to be cheated on, that surprises them. What the heck? Well, I didn't see that coming. Well, people are treated that way when it comes to trials. Well, I don't know what Bible you're reading. <laughs> right? <laughs> because if you read the Bible, you'll see. Now, I want to encourage you too. Don't allow dread to grip you either. Like, oh no, man, life is going to be hell. No. There are blessings. There is see see you got to understand that that God the trials that we face are the red seas. And the red seas were never intended to engulf you. Amen. They were intended for you to come up to them and say, "I don't know what the heck to do." Jesus save me. <laughs> oh God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jehovah Jireh. My provider. <laughs> Call on Jesus. Right? And start dancing, do a little praise break. <laughs> Amen. God, you're going to get me through. I know my life ain't over. This is just the beginning. <laughs> And meanwhile, Pharaoh's coming like these 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 dudes are some jokes. What are they doing? 
Oh, I see him is dancing. <laughs> we, we, we finna kill him. <laughs> How stupid can they be? <laughs> right? But then, stand back and see the salvation of God. Be still and stand back and see the salvation of the Lord. Amen. So they come... So God can demonstrate that he saves not only from sin, but he saves from our enemies. Amen. He saves from tribulation. He saves from these things. And so it's, there's nothing strange happening to us. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. So, so as we're participating in these things... There is, a, there is an end goal that brings glory and God will reveal it in due time, right? So, so sufferings and tribulation precede glory. And, and lest you think it's just about getting to heaven, it ain't just about getting to heaven because there is a, a number of things that the children of Israel uh, enjoyed that were glorious. God had brought them through pain and the waters, and in and allowed for them to enjoy glorious things. So there is glory in this life, but it's at the end of the trial. Your weeping shall be turned into rejoicing. Blessed are you who mourn now, for there will be a time in which you are comforted. What does he say? Comfort ye, comfort ye my people. That's what God told Isaiah the prophet. Your time of comfort has come. Amen. Right? So, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. It's not that the suffering itself is the blessing. Oh, I'm blessed. I got I got beat up today. I'm blessed. I'm blessed and highly favored. Come on, here's my left cheek too. Punch this. So I can get more blessed. <laughs> it don't work that way. The, the point is that that suffering is indicating that you're with Christ. No. Right? That's showing that you're you're a partner with him. That's the blessing. Right? So for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. So that is the, the he's telling us, he's specifying to us what the blessing is. He didn't say the suffering is. He says, if you suffer, he, he didn't say this. If he meant the suffering was a blessing, he says, if you suffer, you are blessed because of the suffering. See, the suffering is not the cause, it's the consequence. There's a difference. The cause is because you're with Christ. The consequence is the suffering, right? It's not that our suffering gets us with Christ, right? It's not that the suffering is the cause and the consequence is our being with Christ. I need to suffer more to be closer to Jesus or I need to be his favorite if I suffer no it's, it don't work that way is that understood he says for he says if you are insulted because of the name of Christ you are blessed 
for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. So the fact that the spirit of glory and of God rests on you, you know, it's crazy. Last night, I'm I'm not going to give too many details, but I had a dream that someone at my job, uh, I believe carries a witchcraft spirit, was was accusing me like uh, uh, the um, they did Daniel. And, and the cause of it was because of my unison with Christ. You know, they, they could find fault in Daniel in no other way than what? Than the devotion to God, right? Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so, so, but the point here is, look, they're suffering. Right? Because they're with God. Right? So, um, if you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. Oh, we'll stop there. Amen. Um... And we'll close with, with verse 10. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you suffer a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. <coughs> Amen. So so that... that uh, uh, but in the meantime, it says, resist the devil. Be sober and vigilant, because you're, the adversary, you're, the, your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion. So he's going to come, right? But the way that you prime and prep for that is that you pray, right? You you obey God, you trust God, that he is Savior and that he will get you out. Amen? And so don't allow these these this battle to discourage you to think, oh man, God is not with me. Or I've done something wrong or God is punishing me. No, he he's not punishing you. He 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 is allowing you to come up against a storm, or you know, like the Shadrach, Meshach, and and Abednego, they got thrown in the fiery furnace, but the Lord was in the furnace and it didn't burn them. And he stopped the lion's mouth for Daniel. And what did Paul say in Second uh, Timothy chapter four? Uh, that, uh, the you know, God delivered me from the lion's mouth and he will deliver me. Second Corinthians chapter one, it says on him, we have set our hope and that he will continue to deliver. Amen. So he's a deliverer. He rescues. He saves. And he doesn't just save from sin. He don't just save from condemnation. That's the extent of what we understand God to be as Savior. Oh, he saved me from my sin. Okay, but what enemies is he saving you from? Right? Hallelujah. So, um, we come to a close. I want us to make that a prayer point. Stop this stuff.